This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at JDAQA.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agnew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Customer Podcast. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by the worm lady, the worm advocate, Kathy Nesbitt from Kathy's Creepy, not creepy Crawlers. See, you got me. Kathy's Crawly Composters. I knew I was going to stumble with that. Welcome, Kathy. How are you? Oh, Jay, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so I've been excited. called creepy many times, by the way. I, you know, you're not creepy. I just think of <laughs> creepy crawlers, you know, the little, remember the creepy crawlers, the little things you put in the oven and they turn into little plastic things. I had those when I was a kid. Anyway, you're the worm lady. I'm dying to get there, but let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Where are you a Canadian from an early age? From way back from my early days. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Born in Toronto and... Yeah, so I'm from the large city, but I didn't. I guess I'm not a city person because I moved to a small town, and not, that's not so small anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, in 2002, the the landfill for the Greater Toronto Area closed, and although Canada's pretty large country, we couldn't find a place to site a new landfill. Hmm. So we started to export our garbage to Michigan. Hmm. Sorry, I'm a thousand sure. truck, a thousand trucks a week, Jay. I'm sure they like that in Michigan. Don't you have to apologize to me. I'm not close enough to Michigan to get your trash, but it's what we do as Canadians. Yeah, you're so nice. I thought you guys were nice people. That's why, because you send your garbage <laughs> other places. So, did kind of your early upbringing where you grew up, like walk me through that? Did it did it have any impact on your entrepreneurial journey as you grew older? Were the things that kind of led to you know founding a bunch of different things and being an entrepreneur yourself? No, I stumbled upon this. This was I, that I saw a problem, a big problem, right? A big smelly problem. And I had a solution, indoor composting with worms. No, I grew up at a time when, you know, we were told, get a job, work hard, and you'll get a gold watch in 30 years. And I never understood, like, why would, I, why would you need a watch when you retire? I didn't want a watch. <laughs> I did, need a watch to make sure I get to work on time. <laughs> did you get the watch or no? I guess not. You went the other path. No, I left too soon. So okay. no, I don't have a pension. I don't have anything. Right. <laughs> no gold watch, no pension. <laughs> Lots of worms to take care of. Yeah, so our landfill closed. Toronto, really, I mean, I, I make light because it's such a heavy topic and it's a big solution. It, but in order for people to kind of buy in, they need to befriend the worms because they're mm -hmm. in the house. And people are freaked out by worms because worm is a bad word. Yes. So walk me through kind of solution to the problem like what was you saw this big problem you're running in a landfill space and you went oh my god you know worms could be the solution here yeah so i'm an avid gardener and i knew the value of the worm compost and when i bought my house in 93 a teacher friend asked me to look after her worm bin i had i didn't know anything about worm composting i was like worms in my house gross which maybe some of the listeners are thinking mm -hmm. <laughs> stay tuned now it's my life of <laughs> Yeah, and I so I took on the challenge because I think that we should do things for ourselves, not let someone else say, hey, you won't like that. Oh, good. Thanks for saving me the time, mm -hmm. right? And I know you have lots of kids, so they're going to be saying, hey, dad, what do you think about this? And you might be think that's dumb, but you might not say it, <laughs> right? I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of saying it more than I should probably, but so uh, 
walk me through it. I'm still, I'm just dying to know like how this happened and what the business side of it became. Yeah. So this is the indoor composting with worms. So it's the same idea as outdoor composting. You need a carbon nitrogen mix and, you know, the worms eat. So the, the carbon is the, the bedding. That's the paper. So, so that's the wick from the waste stream, the paper waste. And then the nitrogen is our food scraps. So our scraps mm -hmm. from the kitchen. The worms require both and they eat it all and their poop is the fertilizer. That's the black gold. That's what we need to create more nutrient-rich soil. Yeah, soil, which will grow more nutrient-rich food. So it so solves do, a lot of problems. Do they? Ha I mean, so does it have to be, I would assume they can't compost everything, right? So like, they does this also include a mindset shift of the people throwing stuff in the trash can? Absolutely, yeah. So this, what we're doing is taking the kind of the wet waste. It's all your fruit and veg, coffee, tea, pasta, rice. What stays out of the food is the meat, dairy, sauce, anything that might be harmful to the worms. Mm -hmm. So it is quite a significant amount. And, you know, what I say is we're taking the stink out of garbage other than the meat waste. Mm -hmm. But we're taking the, you know, the, the rotting food waste, feeding that to the worms. It's aerobic process, meaning with oxygen. So it's not going to smell like rotting food in your house. That would be bad. Mm -hmm. And the rotting smell, that smell that we're smelling is actually gas. So it's bad for us. It's bad for the worms. We can't breathe uh, the gas and neither can the worms. So if you, how do you pitch this to somebody that doesn't, you know, currently enjoy worms as close proximity as, as you do? Yeah, that, that was the challenge. You asked at the beginning about, you know, if I was kind of a natural entrepreneur, if I came, no, I just had a solution and then jumped right in. I'm thinking, this will be so great. This is like, I'm going to be, you know, I thought I'd be on a beach 21 years in. I thought it'd be on easy street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think I thought 20 years ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> If I had thought, you know, Jay, this is a ridiculous business model. I don't have repeat customers. You know, and I, so when I started, I just thought this is a beautiful thing. Everybody needs worms to manage their food waste. And I just started having a table wherever I could. And I learned early on that people didn't want what I had. Mm -hmm. And people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. Mm -hmm. So they needed worms, but they didn't want them. Sure. So I started to, so then I switched. I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I need to educate. I needed to create the market. Mm -hmm. I needed to let people know they could do this in the house. So right. I started to do school workshops. So then I was going into schools and I was like, okay, now I just have to wait 20 years for them to have buying they power. They grow up. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, I made it. You made and, it. Now they're, now they're ready. Now they're here. And I can say, I can say that I have had the privilege of meeting people that I went into their grade three class. Now they're, they graduated college. And some of them went into univer universal, well, some of them went into environmental studies because hmm. they had worms in their grade three class. Wow. Do you, do you just have a giant amount of worms in your house right now? I have quite a bit. Yes, okay. but they're contained. They're not how free do you range. measure <laughs> free range worms. How do you measure the amount of worms in any given space? Like, is there some sort of like unit of measurement of worms like per like container, you're just like, there's a hundred in this container or how do you, how do, I have no idea how it works. Yeah. So you kind of start with a certain amount in a container. Say you had a pound in a container 
the ratio, they have a phenomenal reproduction rate. They, mm -hmm. they breed more than rabbits. Hmm. But rabbits are the, you know, oh, they breed so much like rabbits. No, right. more than rabbits. Right. But they're not, maybe not cute and cuddly, depending who you ask. That, that, sure, sure. And they're, they're hermaphrodites, meeting male and female. So once they've made it, they both get pregnant. They oh, both wow. create a cocoon. Wow. Talk about equal society. We're headed yeah. there, folks. <laughs> yeah, just follow the worms. How many worms do you have in your house, do you think? Yeah, at any given time, I would have maybe between 150 pounds, 150 and 100 pounds of worms at any given time. It, it really is hard to know exactly right. how many you have. So how many containers or how much real estate does that take up in a house if you have 100 to 150 pounds of worms? Okay, so I have a smallish house. It's a 900 square foot house and my basement is full of containers. Of full worms. of containers of worms. Yeah. And they stack, you know, like there's different ways to do it. The worms, the beautiful part about the worms is they don't have a, they don't require a lot of personal space. Mm -hmm. The guideline in us, say if somebody was using a Rubbermaid tote for mm -hmm. a do-it-yourselfer. So, you know, the blue ones, I don't know what the size. Yeah. Maybe two feet long, one foot across, maybe. Mm -hmm. The guideline is a pound of worms per square foot of surface. So in a container that size, you could have maybe two pounds of worms. Two pounds and they're of worms. eating half their weight per day. So if you had a pound of worms, half a pound per day or three to four pounds per week. And it really is substantial. And then they're increasing in number so you can add more food as you're going along. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll regulate their own population based on available food and available space. They're creating, like they're the original alchemists. They're converting what we call garbage into black gold. Mm -hmm. So we can use that material to grow more nutrient-rich food. In North America, we have destroyed the soil. Growing, mm -hmm. you know, doing monocropping, corn, wheat, and soy. Right. That's not how nature intended. So we need to, in order to reduce the amount of chemicals that are applied to our farmlands, we really need to increase the biodiversity of microbes. Wow. And that, and when that happens through composting and worm composting. I have so many questions. Did so? Do you? I saw a documentary on a guy, like the mushroom guy on Netflix, mm. which I fall in love with. That guy, he's like a super cool guy. Me too. Damn it. Yeah, and they, but they talk about how he's like a citizen scientist, kind of, you know, and he like learned all this. Do you feel a similar way about worms, where like you've really, you could probably teach some sort of class on just everything they would ever want to know about worms or you have you learned yes. a lot and like you just maybe discovered things that you never you know i mean obviously things you would never have thought of but you know just being in that space are you kind of considering yourself a citizen scientist of worms yeah in a way i've done a lot of research i've done manure management research shortly before i started my business there was a really bad tragedy in a part of ontario where there was a lot of rain and dairy farms around and the you know, the manure piles got oversaturated. They flooded into the water treatment plant. Mm. There was a lot of errors. I mean, there was human error. There was nature was uh, taking over. I, it wasn't the farm. The farms were blamed, but it, I would say that it was more uh, human error at the plant. And mm. a lot of people died. And I learned early on that the worms can reduce manure piles by up to 80%. So reducing the volume... And reducing gram-negative bacteria, E. coli, salmonella, shingella, things that cause problems for us. Mm -hmm. So then I set forth at that point, I was like, wow. And if anyone's listening, this still hasn't happened. I'm, I live in a place where it's close to horse country. We have yeah. a lot of horse people. The main difference, this is a generalization, but the main difference between cattle people and horse people 
is that the cattle people love the manure. They use that for the, mm -hmm. on their land to grow more crops for their animals. Horse people, the manure is a nuisance. It's like, ugh, we don't want to you know, get someone to take that away like they have people mm -hmm. <laughs> in general. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they're the people, right? right? right. But it's a, a problem. So I thought, man, if I could just go around and inoculate manure, pi manure piles with worms, the worms would increase the number, reduce the volume. Then I could have an endless supply of worms. They would have their pile managed and everybody would be happy, right? The planet would be better because the worms make it into the manure into something safer for handling. Mm -hmm. It never worked out that way. Just, you know, it's kind of a lot of work when people aren't familiar with the concept. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in the worms. <laughs> Some, uh, if you cut a worm in half, what does that do to the worm? Does it kill it? Does it eventually like seal itself up and it's good and it's two pieces that can go do its thing? What happens if a worm gets cut in half? Great question. Great. That comes up almost every time. I I'm see sure it. it does. That's like a very, it seems like the number one worm question, I would assume. Right. Close. Very common. Right. Yeah. And people will say to me, did you know that mm -hmm. if you cut a worm in half, you have two worms? And when it happens in a school, it's a great learning opportunity. I have a, a big puppet. So I'll bring out my puppet and I, like worms have five hearts each. That's true. Mm. So on my worm puppet, it's big, long puppet. One end is the head and the swollen band. You've seen the swollen band yep. on the worm? Yeah, yeah. So that means it's an adult worm. It's sexually mature. Hmm. And that's where the cocoon is from. All of the hearts are between the head and the swollen band. Mm -hmm. So uh, those beautiful lines on the worm, I say if a worm, so they have one head, one tail, five hearts are all at the one end. So I say, if you cut a worm in half, do you have two worms? Everyone's in agreement. Yes, we do. We have two worms. Good. All right. Then I say, if we cut a worm in half, do we have two live worms? Right. Oh, different question, right? right? And it's really fascinating. When I say, if you cut a worm in half, and it, do you have two? Yes. Everybody's in agreement. Like, it's just like, it's like a choir. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. Right. And then the second time, it's like, some say yes, they're sure. Some are like, oh, and some are, oh, they just really don't know. That's and I say, good. Let's I'm dying to know the answer to this question. So here we go. I'm, I'm so, the latter camp. <laughs> so if you cut a worm in half, one half may live. Depending, those lines are individual body parts. They have very strong bodies. So if a couple segments get cut off the end by mistake when you're gardening, that piece will wiggle around, become part of the soil, and they may grow back. If a worm is cut in half, it depends how close it is to the critical end of the worm. Mm -hmm. If it lives or not, the second half will not live. It doesn't have a head. Okay. Okay. So the answer is... Phew! Big, long answer. No, <laughs> no, but that's good. I Now I can sleep tonight thinking about... <laughs> You're many, welcome. Yeah, thank you for that. I so know. how did you... God, again, so many questions. How, but how did you monetize things once you kind of realized, like, okay, this is a different thing. It's a passion, not a passion project. It's a passion business, and but nobody kind of gets it, and you have to create this market for you. How did you start to monetize the business? Yeah, that's a great question. It, speaking, somehow I have no fear of public speaking. Like I've been given this beautiful mix of oddities that really have served me as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And one was being a secretary for 20 years. Hmm. Like looking back, I'm like, why did it take me 20 years to figure out that's not where I belonged? You know, I changed jobs every year and I didn't need to have a job to get a job. I was like, I knew I would get a job because I was right. that good. Right. <laughs> or that confident or what cocky i don't know what the word confidence. is confidence that's a good something. word i think it's confidence yes it was something i had something don't that strike me, me as cocky you strike me as confident which is good. okay thank you all right 
yeah. So I knew that I didn't want to do this part time. I didn't want to have a job and, you know, work on my little side thing. I was like, I'm all in or not mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. So I, at the beginning, yeah, just from speaking, I started to do school workshops early on, speaking at garden clubs. And then when you speak, you become the perceived expert. And right. then people are like, well, I want to do this. Where do I get worms? Good. Now you get them from me. That's good. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of creating that feedback where I was getting, yeah. you know, money coming and then referrals, just like word of mouth, because I mm -hmm. don't have repeat customers, I mm -hmm. needed to add more things. So my very first event that I was exhibiting at, I met a gentleman who sells a sprout grower. It looks like a spaceship. And I didn't know anything about sprouts or sprouting. And when I asked him about that, he said, oh, it's a sprout grower, blah, blah, blah. And so I started sprouting at that time. I wasn't selling it, but I was sprouting for 10 years. And then mm -hmm. I started selling it in 2012. So my life kind of goes in cycles of different things adding. My very first customer, since that's the name of the podcast, yes. was so exciting. It was Earth Day. How appropriate for mm -hmm. an environmental business. Perfect. Earth Day, April 22nd, 2002. That's my daughter's birthday. Dudes. Not the 2022 part. I mean, the April 22nd. It's my April 22nd, have to, yes. Have to shout out Harper for her, her birthday. <laughs> oh she's an earth day baby wow she's an earth day baby that's Ooh. right yeah. that's she's, a, that's she's gonna do good work i, I can hope feel so. it already i think so she's a good one yeah so earth day i had four deliveries the fourth one was to a woman 80 year old woman living in an apartment and i was so inspired when i met this woman she invited me in. she was high energy she had a little gazebo and she was a nut farmer when she, in her work life. She was a mm -hmm. nut farmer. Okay. And so she was telling me all about her life, and we had tea together, and then she took me to her gazebo. She was growing watercress, and she said, I'm like a bee, and she was just pollinating with her hand. Like, she was like, every morning I come in, and I was like, right. like cuckoo, right? This right. cuckoo yeah, lady. Yeah. I came home. I was so excited, Jay. I said to my husband, oh, my God, I know what I'm going to be like when I'm 80. Crazy saw myself. Crest, the crazy watercrest lady. I'm, I saw myself. I'm like, there I am. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. I hadn't met anybody in their 80s who wasn't like, you know, grumpy, like low energy, yeah, maybe yeah. really sick. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's possible to be healthy, vibrant, you know, still being able to carry on a conversation. And mm -hmm. she was active, involved in like lots of organizations and... Well, I said, wow, but you can't get there without having a life where you look after yourself. Right. I think, well, that's a, I'll ask that question later. <laughs> I think you hit on something very important, which is just being active in general. I always get so confused when people are bored. And I think that Cucogus, I grew up in Virginia, kind of in the middle of nowhere. We had a horse, we lived on a horse farm. And not a horse farm, it was more just like a hodgepodge. We had pheasants and chickens and, and turkeys and all sorts of crazy stuff and horses. And uh, wow. so, but I, I kind of, you know, I wasn't allowed to be bored. There's no, so always having something to do or having a hobby and being, you know, very active is something that I think I've continually heard will just keep you sharp more than anything else you know, any dietary thing and it just being active physically and mentally uh, will keep you, you know, serve you very well for a very long time. Um, so was she your first customer? 
She was, I mean, and I had four deliveries that day. She was kind of the fourth one, I guess. Okay, the fourth customer. Okay. The fourth, right. but on the first day of my yes. deliveries. Yes. Okay. So, yes. Wow. So, do you, ha- so you have 150 worms or 150 pounds of worms in your house, just estimated. Does that mean that you have to have 75 pounds of stuff you feed them every day? Are you like going to buy worm food at this point or do you have enough stuff to give them? Are you composting oh, for your neighbors? That's a great neighbors? question. Yeah, great question. So we give them feed like we have oats. So we do end up purchasing stuff. Okay. But over the years, you know, there really is a great business model here that, and if I wasn't, you know, I never wanted to manage people, Jay. Mm-hmm. That's why it's just my husband and I, and that's we've stayed small because I and I did that. I don't know, like looking back now, it's like, oh, that's why we're not big because I didn't want to manage people. Sure, there is a huge opportunity. You know, you think about grocery store waste; they pay to have that hauled away, right? Mm-hmm. If you can not to undercut the waste haulers, but rather than it going in landfill, imagine if we can convert this. It's a resource. If we call it a resource rather than garbage, it is. That's what it becomes. Right. And so there could be people, and there are organizations now starting these uh, composting projects. But with worms, it just adds another level of, because they're living creatures, they need a certain environment. It needs to be a certain temperature. You need airflow. Because mm-hmm. people say, oh, if they eat so much, why don't we just add them right into the landfill? Right. Because there's other toxic elements in the landfill, and the landfill is actually anaerobic because they mm-hmm. squish out the oxygen. Right. Yeah. They, it's not the right conditions. Interesting. I'm blanking on the word, but did like the genetics of the worms and like their characteristics and traits, help me out with the word I'm thinking of here. Uh, when you breed something over time to kind of make it, uh, you know, to get the characteristics you want to have on a cat. Oh, like, you know, selective traits. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Is there any of that? Like, do you get like the better worms? Are there better ones that you kind of like, you know, you would put in to reproduce with each other more to make Bigger, better, stronger worms, or is just kind of survival? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I'm not involved in that. I, you know, early on, I did meet a PhD student from from Nepal, and she was working on a way to get the worms to eat more. Mm-hmm. And I thought they're perfect the way they are. Why would we even? Why would we even mess with them? Like, right? And then they have five hearts. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> okay, I just didn't know if, like, naturally, uh, that kind of the bigger, better ones would kind of. You know, I think they would naturally, more, yes, you said it. I think they would naturally work it out for themselves. All right, well, you already gave me one. Uh, let's pivot a little bit. You gave me one with uh, the um, staying active. But give me two healthy things you as a as a business owner, an entrepreneur, uh, just in general that you do to kind of keep your longevity up as long as you, you can. We all want to be, most of us want to be on this earth as long as possible, as healthy as possible. Uh, what are two more things that you're doing to kind of to keep up your longevity? Uh, I do a, a whole bunch of things. I realize that I am super important. Everybody is. We just don't always realize how important we are. I, you know, I, I'm realizing, I don't know why it takes so long for us to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I turned 60 last year and I've been all about prevention for a long time. I realize that if I want to be 80 and vibrant, I need to be... 40 and vibrant and 15 mm-hmm. vibrant and so right. on. So I sleep. I always go to bed pretty much the same time, get up early. I think the important part is rising at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I earth, which is going barefoot. Mm. Being exposed to the earth's element is so important. When we started mm. wearing shoes, we were disconnected from the earth's energy. And I'm really understanding that with energy like we have our plug and we have the two prongs, then we have the ground, the round ground right. plug. Yeah. 
Right. We need that too because we're electrical beings. Sure. So we need to ground. We need to ground somehow. And earthing is the cheapest way. You just take your shoes off and stand barefoot or sit barefoot. Nothing to be done. You don't need to buy any special equipment. So I do that every morning. I have a little routine that I do, part qigong, part mm -hmm. energy work. I meditate every morning. Not long meditation, just usually five, ten minutes. And when we start our day, and then I have a laughter buddy. I laugh for five minutes every morning, full on, because my body then gets flooded with the happy chemicals versus mm -hmm. the stress chemicals. Right. And first thing in the morning before even rising, I don't use an alarm. I just wake up naturally. But as soon as I wake up, I, before jumping out of bed, I take three super long, slow, deep breaths and think about things that I'm grateful for. And I put a smile on my face, even if I'm not feeling like smiling, because we can trick our mind. If we smile, even if we're feeling sad, depressed, anxious, we send the happy chemicals to our body. Those are all fantastic things. And I can Thank see you. why that they're working. Uh, you seem infectiously happy and uh, nice. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people can learn from that stuff. Um, Give me a mystery question time. We have one one more question that I'm going to ask. I usually don't include it, so I can call it the mystery question. Um, what is one thing you could do non-business-wise? Uh, it could be physical. It could be whatever. What is one thing you would do if you knew you couldn't fail? Ooh, wow. One thing I would do if I knew I couldn't fail. Oh, if I knew I wouldn't fail, I would probably create a stand-up show and go and perform it. I love that. What a great answer. I think I've had somebody else that gave me that answer, and I love it. It's my favorite one. Yeah, you seem like you would be a great stand-up. I, I would go to your show. I would you bring can. some worms with me. and we would I have a lot of material, I do. I bet you do. A lot of composted material. See, look, we could be, we could be up there together. We could do some really corny worm-based jokes together. Well, you, Kathy, if people want to find you, if people want to find your organization, what's the best way to get in touch? Probably my worm website. It's kathyscomposters.com, Kathy with a C. And I'm all over social media. And okay. Google me. Google me. All right. Well, we will Google you. You were the most fun guest I've had maybe ever. So thank oh you for being Oh my gosh, on. I love that. Whoop. You were you were a lot of fun. I hope people check you out. I hope people start putting worms in their basement like you and you know, uh, keep in up the good work. Yes, in container or you know, whatever. Or not. Just go wild. But thank you for being on. I appreciate your time today. You're great. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Kathy. It. Have a good rest of your week. I'll see you. Okay. Bye now.